You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk, I was just saying. Um, you want me to quiz you on production companies of movies? Well, you're not going to because you're not prepared, but. No. <clears throat> um, that could be our next game. Yeah, it could be. It's really, it's quite kind of tricky. You'll always win, because I don't care. (laughs) What I was saying is, when the new Star Wars films come out, a part of the Star Wars experience for me... Before the after the show discussion. Part of the Star Wars experience is um, seeing the Lucasfilm logo. Seeing the one time... First the... The Fox logo. Which is the Fox... Animation, mm-hmm. and then the Lucasfilm logo, which sparkles in green, and then the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then the crawl, which mm-hmm. the new Star Wars movies I just thought are not going to include the Fox um, opening, obviously, because the Fox do not own it, and the Lucasfilm logo will probably not be there either because Lucasfilm are not. The company, but that you have no it. idea, you have no clue, because they might be honoring people and saying, "We understand this is Lucasfilm." But actually, Lucasfilm do still exist because mm-hmm. Industrial Light and Magic still exists. So correct. So maybe the Lucasfilm logo will be there. But yeah, I was just thinking it would. It would seem strange. It'll seem strange to me not to hear the Fox music at the beginning of a Star Wars movie. It's really weird. But yeah, I was saying to you. And when I, is this going to happen? I was. <laughs> 2015. Right. So I was saying to they just they're starting to cast now. I keep seeing all these cast announcements. So so we're planning for a feeling that's like two years away at the opening of a movie, which lasts about ten seconds. That's I'm just saying amazing how your mind works. It on just things dawned that, on me. Things that are sort of important to you that you keep track of, like that. Like you'll keep track of it till the moment happens. Yeah, it's just something I was thinking about. <laughs> and they've like uh, they've cast a few people recently. It's a bit hush-hush still, but they're going to have to not be hush-hush soon because it's gonna start, they're going to have to start filming it at some point. I imagine... Uh, I have a great idea. How about let's not worry about it or think about it until the movie comes out, and then when you see it, it's like, holy shit, look who's in it, look what it looks like, look at the opening, da-da-da-da, instead of like picking it apart all that's the it. way. Actually, in this day and age, that is impossible. It's not impossible, because I'll do it. The only thing I'll know about is what you tell me. No, you'll know. Care you'll, you'll look on Facebook, and no. there'll be a picture of somebody, and you go, oh, look, that's the new... No, You I know don't. who the new Doctor Who is, because you'll look at Facebook. No, you told me. No, I didn't tell you, because no, you I said didn't. I already know. No, I didn't. I didn't know who he was at all. Right, but you certain me. things you've, you've said to me... I just I know skim that. over. Right. I don't care, so I don't think what about I'm it until is, the moment. What I'm saying is, it's easy to be spoiled on stuff these days... Very difficult, especially for something like Star Wars. Yeah, but you're seeking it out. No, not even if I, not even if I was not seeking it out, my copy of Entertainment Weekly would arrive. I would pick it up, and who they'd be the lead star on the front cover. To me, that's called seeking it out because you're looking for well, I never entertainment news, and so that's seeking out information about entertainment news. Or I went to CNN, not seeking entertainment news. On CNN, on the front page that day, Ewan McGregor is the new whatever. You know what I mean? That kind of announcement. It would be right on the front page. Like, it, it, Star Wars is that big, right? 
So it would be difficult to um, keep yourself in the dark until 2015. So, uh, welcome to after the show. Is that this my is... challenge? Because I can, I can win that challenge. No, you would, you would definitely not. <laughs> if you never said anything to me, I would make the effort. I mean, you would just say I don't know anything, but because I won't go be in one eyeball and out the other because I won't care until I see the movie. It doesn't stay with me. I don't ponder it. I don't yeah, think about you're it. You're not, I'm not in love a with mega Star fan Wars. of Star Wars. But I'm in love with Wizard of Oz, and I couldn't care less if they were going. I didn't care about the great and powerful Oz enough. You to don't even know the name. Keep track. <laughs> 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 That's how much you care. Exactly. So it is Saturday, September the twenty first, two thousand and thirteen. This is after the show number two hundred and ninety three. After the show is our weekly podcast where myself and Sid talk over here uh, review a movie. And this week's movie is World War Z or World War Z if you're British. Um, which would you prefer? Okay. I mean, I, I'm used to you saying Z, so that's what I, mean. I, I will call it World War Z because I don't say Z, sure. so Z is more like it. But is the author American? He is. So to him it would be Z. So this is a 2013 release. Um, It is available on the 17th of September, so you can pick this one up now. It's from our friends at Paramount. We looked at the Blu-ray version. Um, It's a PG-13, but included on the Blu-ray is the unrated version, and we watched the unrated version. Oh, did we? Yeah, the tagline for this movie is Remember Philly, which is a terrible tagline. So I made my own tagline up. My tagline is Brains. Uh, but that's inaccurate, isn't it? Yeah. So, um... Spoiler alert. Nobody's eating any brains in this movie. No. So, Sid Talk, synopsis for World War Z. Z. <laughs> <laughs> um, some sort of viral thing. Rabies, as they refer to it, is um, unleashed. Unleashed humans are now like more humans have it than don't, and it makes them, as you would expect, like a rabid, biting creature uh, with what seems like uh, unbelievable stamina and strength and speed. Yeah, and our heroes, people that were. Passing through their little stories, kind of, you feel like you're just hitting on little checkpoints here and there with everybody, and you're just seeing how people are coping and how the world. To me, if you if you really take back, you know, take a crane and get a, a distance view of the movie, it does kind of focus in my mind on global. What the hell would happen? How would all? How would we deal with this globally? Because we normally just see like Armageddon is focused on. You know what I mean? You don't see the whole world involved. So I, I kind of picked up on that. Like, how would the whole world deal with this kind of a thing? No, I, I love a good zombie movie. And so do you. Um, I so, love any zombie movie. So it doesn't have to be good. <laughs> but. I've liked a few bad ones too. On my point of view here on this movie. Um, really, I, I love zombie movies. Love a good zombie movie. But I was kind of disappointed in this movie. And you like Brad Pitt a lot. I do. Um. And you know why? And I'll just very... I narrowed it down to a very clear reason I don't like it. I'll probably agree with you. I don't think it commits to the zombie. It's not very bloodthirsty. It's quite clinical. Yes, there's zombies and they run... I wasn't scared of any zombies at all. Like, I was... Some movies make you scared and tense that zombies are coming. In this... 
28 Days Later is the perfect example. Which is, which would be my recommendation. And it really does. It makes you shit scared of it. But, on the other side of the coin, because I don't hate this movie, I, I, there are parts I really liked, too. But reading about it, and it went through some production troubles and stuff, I think you can feel that in the movie. It doesn't... Absolutely. The way the movie starts... And the middle part and the end part, they feel like different movies. It, it doesn't have a continuing... It, yes, it continues as a story. But it feels like different directors made certain bits, almost. I know they didn't. It's the same director. No, they changed directors once, and writers, and producer. Right, well, I feel And that. cinematographer three times. Or it changed twice with cinematographer. Yeah, and I think it shows. And without even knowing that, I would feel that there was something going on here that seems a bit fishy um but the the opening sequence was fantastic i was like yeah, sold yeah. by the opening sequence where brad pitt's on the street and yep. it's it starts to break out i was like this is this is going to be amazing but then the actual the narrative it, it takes following this very uninteresting character to me the brad pitt character i, I wasn't that interested in yeah, I understand who he is and all that stuff, but I don't feel like, you know, like he's put in these situations, they seem a bit disjointed. You know the bit where they were on the bicycles yeah. and the, it just all seems like, well, I'm not that, I don't feel like he's in peril. Like it's, like if we were following some, a, a bunch of ragtag, like we do in a lot of zombie movies, you kind of know, oh, well, anybody's game to die here. It's going to be... Even Shaun of the Dead, you feel the pending right. doom of of them getting, like, snagged up or caught up or whatever. But I think inside me, I was like, it's Brad Pitt. Unless they do something, like, really ballsy with this main character and he ends up... I, I kind of feel safe around him. Like, I feel safe with him, like... But that's good. I don't think it is, because it, it removed peril for me. Like, even he's with a bunch of, like... Because you felt like they weren't ever going to put him in that kind of peril? Never put him in Okay. Peril. Not that he emitted that kind of safe thing. No, just that... I was, Like... I thought you meant, like, he makes you feel like there's no threat, but what you're saying is they rode around him as if he was precious. Yeah. And didn't... Like commit to him. Yeah, he, he's precious. He's with. He's in a little fight up he, close and personal, he and he gets saved by someone shooting a gun three times. That's the, not him. No, he surrenders every weapon that he has, which I find kind of fascinating about the hero of a movie. If you notice, he gave up this weapon. He gave up the weapon. He gave up the all three. He kept handing over his weapons, but because he he's not them. a combat man or anything. exactly. So I like that element of it, but there was never like. I felt he had, like, at one point someone says, you're one tough bastard. And I'm like, hey, thank you. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, it's a movie and you have to follow your lead character. And James Bond has lived through yeah. countless things But, but there the again, James years, Bond is, is kind of fantastical. And this right. guy's supposed to be real. Exactly. We're supposed to be based in reality here. And in fact, we've got a sort of jet-setting thing going on. We've got flying from country to country. We've yeah. got... You know that the peril is everywhere. I felt like no matter where you are, here we have a big, huge wall. And we are at, um, I was going to say, no checkpoint. You know where people can cross a border? Because when, when I watch you play that game, yeah, it's always the worst place to ever be. Because it's the first place. That's the best place for a break. And if you break through that entry gate into a country or a, a region or a safe zone... 
then everybody's fucked, basically. So you know once you see the place with the big gates and all the armed people and like, hey, we don't let anybody in and we're safe, then you're like, okay, well, somebody's going to creep in here. And then, oh, we're on an airplane. <sighs> we're safe. You're not safe. It's like I never felt that they weren't in danger. No. But it- I felt like you... There's gonna be an out. I like, just no felt. I just felt. Yes, it all seems very perilous, but so I also do. I did enjoy the movie because I like zombie ideas. I like worldwide catastrophe ideas. I like Armageddonish type of things. I don't. I don't mean in relation to religion because I don't believe in that. But I mean in terms of the human system that we have set up, breaking down, fictionally. I don't. I'm not asking for it in real life, but the. Different writers and people's ideas on how that could be resolved, how people deal with it, what it could be. So I'm always interested in that. But this was a good vision of that, I think. Um, But I don't... Like, I was thinking of 28 Days Later and how, like, pitch point perfect that Mm -hmm. executes peril. Like, I feel like, oh my god, we're going to die any second. And hopelessness. Hopelessness. Peril here seemed big. It, like, seemed, well, yes, you're probably going to die if you're outside. It's really, you know, but then I just kept feeling we're just going to see them running about and see some people. And, you know, you don't don't see much blood. Not really. A little squirt here and there. In this unrated version, you see more. In the other version, you see very much less so I imagine the theatrical version even waters it down a little bit more. Some things are forced as well, because even even though later you find out about the opening scene with them at the breakfast table, that felt forced. The guy in the pharmacy, that felt super forced, like trying to show... Every time you turn around and they're trying to show a little, like a little tiny snippet of humanity, you know, what bonds us together, the the good things... It's like token. Like, oh, here's a criminal, but he's going to do something nice. Oh, here's a soldier, but he'll sacrifice himself. Oh, oh, here's an asshole, but he's not really an asshole. Here's a policeman. You're supposed to feel safe. Oh, no, he's going loot in the groceries. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's all the, like, I don't know. There's no depth, and I think you hit it on the head. <laughs> what was the thing in the thing? Um... What do you say about those particular soldiers? Their hammers and everything they see yeah. is a nail. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know what that means in context of And that's military. another thing. He's with this, like, elite military group. Two of them. I mean... At first. Yeah, when they turn into <laughs> yeah. the rest of them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're literally the best of the best. Is oh, another... I didn't get that. Yeah, that guy was literally, like, what, 20 years in the Marine Corps? He's like... um Which guy? The one with the hat. He was, like, the, the grizzled one. In Korea? In the the sequence with the bikes. Right, I didn't get the feeling they were elite. I figured they just survived. They're the last ones there. But I didn't... They said they said that they're what they call it special forces or whatever. That's like the high up in the military, right? The the ones who go in undercover. Anyway, that, what I'm saying is Brad Pitt's with these guys who are like tooled up to the max. Like I didn't feel. And when you seen them going about the business, they were awesome. They were like pitch, you know. They were just silenced weapons. They knew everything about killing them. I never felt any peril in that scene. In fact, that scene was really... I found it almost boring, that scene. The, the whole scene thing? with the plane, yeah. But the aeroplane part, the... Mm-hmm. the um, oh, pa- Passenger jet part, let's say. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was a good action sequence. Um, 
but it, it wasn't always good for me. I was, I was the part that you see in all the trailers, which isn't really a spoiler if you've seen the trailers, where they're all jumping. There's loads of zombies, CG zombies. That is what they kind of sold the movie to people with. It, yeah. it was it was in the trailer more than it's in the film. It seemed to me, and that wasn't that great either. Oh, I felt like it was used all the time. Every time you show us a long shot of a city, there's a big pile of them here, and a big pile here, and a big pile here, and a big pile here. I didn't. And there's a wall of. I here was expecting more from that somehow, like it almost like I'd um, oversold it to myself from the trailer. I think you know? that was it because it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, they showed it. That's how they. And the way they describe it, and the way you can just, when you look at it, you just get the vibe that someone wanted to find something in nature, like humans, a different way for undead humans to act. And they're like, like, like a million ants climbing over an anthill or something like that, where they're just, there is no awareness of themselves at all. They just will cram all over each other and climb all over each other and rip each other, you know, like da da da. And that's what it looks like. It's just like scrambling insects. I'd say I feel like they used it a lot. I actually say it was like a. See, it's hard to. It was fun because I like zombies and I like Brad Pitt. But then, on the other hand, what I'm thinking is, it was, you know, at the end of it. Spoiler. Yeah. Kind. Well, no, not really. <laughs> kind of like they. They're almost saying we. There could be another one of these movies. In my mind, immediately, I thought. I don't really care about that. <laughs> like I don't like some movies. Um, well, let's take a TV show for example, Breaking Bad. When you watch like an hour, like last week's, you watch that hour of television. You literally want next Sunday to like be right then, don't yeah. you? Yeah, it's that intense, and it was it moved you in a way. I didn't get nothing of that from this. Nothing. Like it was almost like. Because everything is resolved except for two things. One is retaking the human population and getting rid of the virus ultimately. And two, where it started. Mm. Everything else you have resolved. You've got the leading man with his family. More spoilers. You've got the you've got scenes now of people taking control. You've got the thing where you can now not get attacked by them. Then all you then you know as a movie person watch lots of movies. Well, okay, now is the time for. A team is going to come all together and all, all over the world, different places, and people are going to conquer the zombies. And you just know it. Like I don't really need to see it. And you know, Resident Evil, be it a smaller budget and a cheaper kind of more kind of cheesier movie, has done that too. It did that part. Like. We fought them, they fought us. You know? Mm. So, yeah, I guess I, I guess I liked it, but I didn't, it didn't overall, I expected so much more. I feel like it was also very basic storytelling. There was nothing clever or interesting, and in fact, at one point... I was like, really? They just were watching a group of people watch somebody on a monitor who's about to do something, and a person in the room says, he's about to do this. And yeah. you're watching it, and you're like, it's like Dexter. Why do you need? Why does a character need to say to the four other people in the room, and to us, he's going to do this? And I felt like it was really basic. Like There wasn't just that. It fell into quite a few of those movie uh, plot hole things where the other one where um that wasn't a plot hole it was more like I mean the movie trope kind of thing where thing. where you where you everybody's 
they have a load of experts sat around yeah. at the beginning uh, speaking out loud. And you're, you're kind of overhearing it and going, oh, oh, oh. You know, that's the thing. Like, um, yep. a lot of the Roland Emmerich films, like um, Day After Tomorrow, they, they fit into that kind of... It's like a movie. You've always got experts. You've got the guy who's like Brad Pitt. He's an unwilling participant at this point. But he knows something that needs to be known. You've <laughs> got the plus, one you know, expert. He cares about his family. That has to be made right. very clear. And his family are there. In, all, in any of those disaster movies, it always boils and down to And one of it. his kids is sick. And that's, you know... Yeah. And some of, the, some of those things... And then you're also led to believe... Because he's an, um, was an envoy for the UN or an inspector UN or something guy. like that. Even that, you still have this idea that he's like Liam Neeson in Taken. He has been filled up with all these amazing abilities and he can probably kick ass when needed to. You, you get that vibe. Whereas in Taken, Liam Neeson goes full throttle and just does it. And Brad Pitt's like, basically you find out he's resourceful. He's observant. He's clever. He's brave. I just thought of but the there's other... Not, and maybe that's our problem. We I are thought too, of the other movie trope that's been thrown in. brainwashed into thinking that he needs to all of a sudden become Liam Neeson and Taken, you know? That he is... Uh... Or... Yippee-yay, yippee motherfucker. The other movie trope is that he's retired from his job. Yep. And he has to be brought back in because yeah. the shit at the fan. Just when I think I'm just, out, they bring me back in. Because he's happy just making pancakes at home. And then a, a zombie <laughs> outbreak does happen. <laughs> yeah. So that is it. There's a lot of that movie crap in there, isn't there? And then all of that's happening. One of the last guys left in the government calls him. Yeah. So we know, we you are, you're built up to think, oh my god, this guy's going to be... The not savior. that he's not awesome, but I mean, because he knows what he's... He knows his thing, I guess. But we're... Maybe I'm just... Maybe that's it. Your expectations of that little trope. Oh, this guy's being pulled back into a top secret, high-level kind of job. Ooh, he's going to be tough. He's going to be something... And I like the fact that he's kind of not, really. Yeah. He's just an ordinary man. I, I, I like that. Because might is not going to solve this problem. He's more of a, like a Observer. paperwork man or, than a gunman. Like, that. he's not... Oh, I think he's more of a... Like, he does. Observes everything early close. Right, but he's not... Um, Bruce Willis in Die Hard he's, he, he, he can just about handle himself that's the idea of it yeah. right? um, so yeah there are some things that aren't your typical stuff but um, yeah it's a, it's a weird movie I, I had really high expectations I love zombie films I was like this is like a zombie film like we've never seen before the big budget zombie film that's never been done which it hasn't not on this scale I was looking forward to being creeped out, but I wasn't ever. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, because like in 28 Days Later, when the father looks up and the blood drops in his eye, <gasps> my heart, even now I think of it, I'm like, oh, shit. I just think Ten that's... Ten seconds from now, daddy's going to be his own, a crazy, crazy... I think it's a good thing. comparison, because Danny Boyle makes really cheap films in comparison. Like, he doesn't... This costs $250 million. That costs less than $5 million um, 28 Days Later. But... To me, that is so much more effective. That London scene at the beginning is more effective than the scene at the beginning of this. In that this one cost a lot because these explosions and cars yeah. being thrown all over the place. Danny Boyle did the closed down London thing and made it look like an apocalypse had happened, and it was really effective. And it really creeped yeah, me out. There were no I'm used huge effects in that, really. I mean, you had like independent zombies running around. You had 
the tension was just different. But it's just like, I recognise this place and that seems wrong. Like, whereas this was like, you know, we'll have an explode. What was the explosion, by the way? Which one? Down the street. I don't know. I, I, I was having trouble figuring it. I was like, why is there an explosion? Like, yes, we're having a zombie outbreak, but what's the explosion and why is everybody I going? think it was caused by the zombie person in the truck. That's what I think. All right. Or maybe someone was trying to stop the truck because that's what... That's the catalyst for the whole opening part yeah. is zombie person is attacked. It's one of my favorite parts. That I mean, yeah. I I, re- I kind of liked it, but um, I and think I felt, you, I felt threatened. You liked it more than me. This movie, I'm assuming. Uh, I don't know about that because I didn't have a constant. I had a lot of like, oh, 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 god, oh shit, kind of moments because I'm thinking of real life. You know, like a. Like, the boy with the family, and now we're leaving them, and then, of course, horrible things. And you're like, oh. So I got a lot of emotion happening. But the... I get a little bit worn down by the near... The danger, danger, danger's on your on your heels, on your yeah. heels, on your heels. <sighs> danger's on your heels, on your heels. <sighs> and nothing, After a while, nothing, I just it, always think, well, there is no danger. Yeah, everything will be fine. <laughs> be or, fine. eventually, one of these quote-unquote, important people is going to have something bad happen. And then you get that, which was good. That was my favorite parts. And apparently that's and not she in the And she is one of my favorite parts. In the theatrical the cut, that doesn't... Right, and she's one of my favorite things in the whole movie because she's relentless. She's she's kind of the opposite of him, that girl. I forget her name. Still doesn't... Um, Sagan. Yes, yeah, Sagan, she's called. Woman. It, it still be. doesn't... Yes, it was kind of cool, but... I think it was under I think she was underused. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of that. Like it never commits to anything. That's the problem. It's, yep. That's that's the thing. So it, you're taking on my it, uh, thing. About- it moves around a lot, so you do get the feeling of global. I got the feeling of global this time, which is good. I did, except I felt it was real shaky ground on the fact that they could actually still that there are still planes flying around at all on this planet at that point. So that was a bit of a stretch for me. Yeah. How many years was it later? What? It wasn't actually any... Well, they were, why wouldn't they be planes flying around? After, like, days of this thing going on? They're, yeah. Why? Why? Because, like, everybody else is dead. They keep saying, like, that city's down, that city's gone, that city's gone, that city's right. black, that city's down, Korea's gone, um, Scotland's gone except for this one place. I mean, then where are the plane? Unless you're a plane that was in the ground, on the air at the time, you know... Why do you have planes lining up at an airport full of people ready to take off that haven't already been killed? And then the, one, of my fa- one of my favorite things about the whole thing was, and it, it's just a small thing, but like the government have, have put, they've got like an aircraft carrier that's safe, obviously, like it's in the middle of the sea, the zombies don't swim mm. out. So everybody's safe on this uh, aircraft carrier. And there's select people been selected to live on it. And I like the scene of them just sending people back to where where they live. Yeah. To the death, like... Because gotta make the decision. You're going back to Oklahoma. Goodbye, because there's no room on the ship anymore. Like, and these people are just going off. Well, I think it wasn't that they were sending them back home. They just were going to keep moving them. Refugee camps. Yeah, but still, you're completely safe. But we need the room for somebody else more important than you. Everyone has to be essential personnel, and you can't argue with that logic in a real world emergency. But when you look at Independence Day, for example, yeah. And the thing of... The very realistic yes, independence thing. But just the idea is the same, that you're going to have millions of normal people who need to be saved, and 
when it comes down to it, the only people left in your government or whatever, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. And if if it was like Independence Day, Randy Quaid would have a bedroom. In on The that, Walking Dead, on that there end. is no authority. Is that we've never come across any real authority? Well, it's broken, isn't it? Now uh, in that in that. Well, I mean, we haven't been everywhere, but I mean, we haven't come across any real strongholds or safe places or government of any kind. That laboratory, but that's There it. was nobody there. Just the one guy. Yeah, just that guy. That was the Center for Disease Control. So it, it's an interesting movie. It's really interesting. I don't think they should have spent that amount of money on this. It, it could have been way more effective if yeah. they'd have spent less. And here's my advice, Hollywood. If a movie production starts to have problems, yeah, and rein it in. Try like. to fix it at first. If you cannot fix it, let it go, and wait ten years and then make it because that's happened many times. And then the resulting movie is always better than the holy shit. We've already committed Brad Pitt and we've already spent a hundred million dollars. We might as well just put it through the meat grinder. And it's not that bad, but it's it's a clear... There's some breaks in the system there because of that, I think. But actually, when I heard this like, production problems during its production, I'd read about it on IMDb several times during its thing. I thought, this is just going to be the worst... It's going to be really terrible. Mm. But I think it it's not terrible. That, no, that's no. the problem. That, that's the thing, because the special effects are good. It's fun if you don't look too closely at it. I mean, I don't mean look. I mean, look too yeah. closely at the plot. There's but the, the, like, the moments when you need to feel terrorized, you know, by it all, it doesn't feel that way. The moments when you're supposed to go, oh, about sadness and horrified, you don't, because be- it's not bad enough. And then the moment when he's supposed to be, like, Mr. Brave and emotional, you know, like, <laughs> was an example? Again, Bruce Willis in Armageddon talking to her. Through the, you know, on the another video. realistic. Yeah, I'm just saying that <laughs> moment in that movie hooks you because there is something. There's a quality about the way it's being done. It's hokey and it's corny, but come on, the first time we see it, we're all crying because Liv Taylor's upset and Tyler Taylor done <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but this movie didn't have that. I never felt. I think they were going for a more bleak. Yeah, but he did the. Tell my family I love them thing. Yeah. And then in the end, it's like, ah, but it wasn't, ah, it was like. Yeah, I never felt emotional towards anybody, really. Even the wife crying with it. I didn't. I was convinced he would see his family again. So. Yeah, I was. I didn't think he was going. That's it. I don't know if. I just felt he was invincible the entire time. So, and the book, people. The book of this movie is a famous book. And the book was wrote in a particular way. And I, I disagree with them. The filmmakers were saying. Well, that book's kind of unfilmable, so we had to make a film with a narrative. Because what the book is, is it's a... Um, ten years later. Ten years later, and it's stories from different people about who lived through the zombie apocalypse. So it could be a story about a store clerk, could be a story about a military guy. I disagree that that is unfilmable, because I've seen films like that, where it's flashback Yeah, and you don't even have to do the flashback part, because I actually or, thought of it. Or episode, like different don't, things. Don't even do that, you just... You come into a part, you're do you're with these people, and then some sort of bridge or some sort of connection happens, and you go into the next ship. You don't even need to know it's a flashback anymore. You just need yeah. Cause so that I, frame. So, I yeah. Did, so what people complaining about were that this is nothing like the book, like at all. They just took the name, they bought the rights to the name, and then made a, a zombie movie, mm. which 
they j- there's no point in buying the rights to the... I mean, if the name means something, that's all you're buying, a brand, right? And then you're just making your own thing. Because when you read about the end, I thought, oh, that must have been what the book had sort of that interesting sort of captured right. everybody's imagination because if we... If we're diseased, then they don't want us. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting take on the solution. Then that wasn't... I don't think that was and, even in the book. And they actually did film a different ending to this movie that isn't included as yeah. a deleted scene. I wonder why. And it was filmed properly, it says on the on the, what I was reading. And that ending seems way more interesting to me. The one that was cut. I don't know why they cut it. Did it look bad? Or, no, or they said it was too bleak. Yeah, I, I way prefer it. This is kind of... The ending to this is... It's, the studio said they wanted this ending because it was hopeful. Yeah, well, it's not always the right choice, Mm-mm. and we've we've seen that before. There's there's been movies where the where they have a really bleak ending, and it actually is the, my favorite part of the movie. Not everybody needs hopefulness, right? Yeah. And we're dealing with the zombie apocalypse, which I see as a not hopeful thing, right? It's there's no hope. I don't see us fixing it. I see us if that kind of thing happened, we would be. Because if we can't keep track of every human on the planet healthy and alive, we're certainly not going to keep track of every human on the planet who's got a horrible disease that's going to turn everybody into a zombie. So moving on the cast here, Brad Pitt... That was really bleak. Yeah, Brad Pitt plays Jerry Lane. Um, he's the hero of the piece. Like, we've, we've just talked about it. He does him. a fine job. I like Brad Pitt. Yeah, I think he does a good job. I... He's just being Brad Pitt, though. I don't. I didn't feel like I said. Didn't feel much emotion from the entire thing. That's, he seemed like a really nice guy. That's all. Yeah. Though. Like, yeah, he's he's a good guy, and he means well. And and ultimately, the message of the movie is that to be good to each other. Yeah. So, um, which is nice. <laughs> Morel Enos plays his wife, Karen Lane. Um, there's not much character development for his family at all, is there? No. Talks to his family in the car at the beginning. Has a conversation with him at the breakfast table. He has a conversation with him in a room a little bit later, and that's kind of it. Like, like it's the one line thing that she's British. No, she's not. Just her parents. Right. She doesn't even have an accent it, anymore. No. And he, that his job was stressful, and so now she doesn't want him to do it again. There's not much to make me care about her that much. That that was one of the things. So I was like, she seemed a little extra needy, in fact, and that kind of put me off. Yeah. When she when she's like yeah. he gives her a satellite phone to ring him when and then she's kind of or she's like duh, duh, duh. Oh, I think I'll ring it like just no ring it him. wasn't like that but yeah that, that's like what I got out of it I mean she just what she needed him so she rang it and almost got him killed in the process but as if she knew that she didn't know that but, no um so then Daniela Curtis plays Segan. Who you really liked. Yes, really liked her. I didn't put a lot of people down for this movie because there's a lot of cameo roles. Um, and what's he called? Fox. Not cameos, but I know what you mean. Not cameo roles. Um, Just bit part, like... Bit parts was called yeah. when you like you're on there and you go I think I know that guy and then they're just not. I mean you're on there for five seconds sometimes. Matthew Fox is one of them. We saw Matthew I, Fox. Yeah, and I felt like what? He's just nothing. He's like like it's Matthew guy. Fox from Lost. You all know Matthew Fox mm-hmm. and and he's in a outfit and there and then he's gone. He's in, his, <laughs> in an outfit. Yeah. he's a soldier. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's in his outfit. His little outfit. And you got a couple of zoom-ins on him, and I thought, well, okay. He's got to be crucial in some way, right? It's something about him. And then you find out from reading about the movie that... He had a bigger part, and he was cut from it, right? So, 
if you're going to do that, in my opinion, don't even show him at all. Like, don't even. Well, no, you can show him he's fine, but at least give him some sort of little tiny baby arc. <laughs> like, no, I mean, don't, don't show him, him for five seconds and then leave That's him. That's fine. Show him. But then if you need to, make another scene where you see him bite the dust or he saves somebody. At least something. I always feel that something's happened when you do see somebody who you recognize and you're like, oh, that's not just the guy who stands in the background. That's a guy who we know. And then they, they do nothing with him. Um, Malik did it with the To the Wonder. He took some actors out of there, didn't he? No, we never saw them, though. We didn't see them, but... That's a different thing. They're in the, they were in the cast on IMDb, and I was like, well, I'd wrote them down on the, on the thing, and then they were not in the movie. I was like, what's going on? So sometimes people just get removed completely. But he didn't get removed. That was the thing. No. Uh, Peter Capaldi, who's the new Doctor Who, is in here. And go ahead with your big joke, because you think it's It's not funny. a joke. Um, but <laughs> you think it's so funny. The World Health Organization, Who, and he's a Who Doctor. And his next going to be Doctor Who. I don't know if that was like a in joke. They knew they can't have because it was a big um, secret, wasn't it? Um, but he was boring. Didn't like him. It, I mean, nobody had anything to do. Like in, nobody had anything to say. They no, didn't have any. He's like, just a, his exposition guy. Like oh, so you know, we're, he's going to what, inject himself. Yes. <laughs> And like eight people on the movie are watching, and all of us are watching, and we're like, uh, yeah, I don't... And then, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I thought Dexter's dad was in the room for a second, telling us yeah. what was going to happen, you know. Or Dexter's voiceover. Yeah, it was, um... Yeah, there's no, no... I can't say, like, these people did anything well, and I didn't write most of them down. Can't remind me of... Have you ever watched, um... I know Species is kind of an okay movie, but, I mean, the same kind of thing happens in there. You've got... Caricature, 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 caricature. They each have a line, to, or something like um, the the abyss, or whatever. You've got each character who's kind of nothing, but they kind of stand around, and look at each other when the they're experts. in a lab coat. Yeah, the experts. But then some movies, it comes off great because everybody's really contributing and important. And then this one, it's just like too many people. You see enough movies, you almost like expect there to be an arrow pointing, going <laughs> the experts. Like here they are. They're in the white coats. They're kind of attractive, though. They're, they're not. Uh, Here's a person of authority. Yeah. Here's an expert over here. Here's, Here's the, the next victim. Yeah. Here's the. Um, Here's the one that's going to tug your heartstrings. Here's the British, the girl with the nice accent who's going to. But then again, we bitch if people don't fill a certain kind of role as well. It's just well. very stereotypical the way they did the, a lot of the stuff in it. Because if he had become McLean. Then we would have been like, oh, great, Brad Pitt became Mr. Like, Save the Day. So we, we can't be happy. So this is directed by Mark Forster, who also directed uh, Quantum of Solace, which, uh, a Bond movie, uh, the one before Skyfall. Uh, Stranger Than Fiction, which I really liked a lot. Yeah, I did too. Um, Monster's Ball, which is also very awesome. And Finding Neverland, which I'm kind of on the fence about. It was okay. Um, now... What I read was uh, Paramount had a problem with... When the dailies were coming back for this movie, they said that Mark Forster, who's the director, isn't giving anything to this movie. There's no stamp of any kind that anybody is making this. And that was a problem they were having. Like, they couldn't see a directorial style of any kind. It was just... It felt to them like anybody could have been doing it why are we paying big money for Mr. Quantum of Solace guy? 
I kind of agree with that. Absolutely. It's very straight. Aside from the special effects, which are, obviously he doesn't do the special effects. Um, they're just done. Even though even the special effects... They don't have a coherent thing either. When you look at different different things from different angles, you ILM can tell that this... I know, but like this group has been farmed out to do them from this angle and down this street. And this group has been... They're gonna. They're over here working on the project where we build the cones of them up the side of a building, and these guys over here are the ones gonna work on the ones for the helicopter because there is a difference in them. There is some. Not a, there are actually some bad-looking CGI shots, and I'm not talking about like the zombies running. I'm talking about some shots. One shot in particular. They're on the deck of the aircraft carrier, and there's a helicopter. And it's quite obvious that helicopter isn't in that shot. It was it was like lit totally different to everybody else, and it had, they put like this funny like the sun shining right on it look, and it just looked oh they just it, to me it was like oh they added a helicopter because this shot didn't look as interesting as they wanted it to. There was a lot of that for me. Whereas the zombies, I actually liked the way they kind of ran and moved, but then sometimes they looked perfect. And then there was one scene where they were going through a door and all ramming together, and it, they looked computerized. Absolutely, like it, it looked video like gaming. video game. Yeah, yeah. It, and but like you could look back in the crowd, and they looked really good. It was just like where they were colliding; it didn't look like they were colliding. Properly. Whenever they were falling and hitting stuff, they looked very video gamey. And I've watched a lot of your. I mean, video obviously games. better than. They, I mean, they they're very realistic looking. They just seemed. They are and they aren't. They had that sort of roundy look to them a lot when they were... And I know that the idea is, well, this is going to happen in a split second so your eye isn't going to absorb it. But when you're a person who watches a lot of movies and video games, all of a sudden you go, well, that is a CGI person. A CGI ragdoll person with roundy kind of edges that's modeled instead of like a film of a stunt person falling off of a thing and landing in a big poofy thing and then having them work around that, this is actually a created person's body and it's not moving like even like a crazy zombie person. See, I really like the way they move, though. And there was some really effective stuff where at the beginning where they're on top of the roof and the helicopter's coming and they were just throwing themselves. Yeah, yeah. Just mindlessly throwing themselves off a building towards this helicopter. I was like, wow, that's really... I don't think I've seen them do that. There was bits where they were... It was where they were just throwing them. You know when they were going across... They were running down a tunnel with chicken wire mesh yeah, above it. Yeah. And they were just like throwing themselves in. That looked really cool. You think was, about it. No zombies should ever stop at anything. Because they're no. not thinking. No. Which I, I think they pulled that off quite well. It's just for me. like If you look at the cover of the movie. The Z. 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 <laughs> is in blood. Red. Um... It could have been much gorier. That's what I'm saying. I, I, for a zombie movie, there was so little gore or blood or any of that. Do you think it's because part of it's... PG-13, right? PG-13. And when you're trying to tell this story, this hasn't been going on very long. We're talking about less, like one week of this happening. So nobody's like rotting. Nobody's like been brought back from the dead, rotting kind of thing. We don't have flesh falling off. We don't have limbs that are dangling and weird shit like that or like half the face missing and you can see the bones. Because these people have only just got bitten and then ten seconds later or ten minutes later they're they're rabid. And then So, so they just fall like regular people. And they're not eating anybody. They just are 
just bite, bite, bite. That's all. That's the whole moat. I don't get it totally why they're just out to bite everybody. Yeah, but, but... they'd still be blood and guts. Mm-hmm. And they, be, you know, when you've got like a group of 10,000 people smashing against yeah, each other. Yeah, there would be like trampolines, f- limbs and everything. Thing, yeah. yeah. So another, and you could pick this apart all day, I guess, and I'm not going to, but why did they never use tanks? The, know. You know that when there was that big... Don't you think the budget was, wasn't big You know enough? the big mass of them? <laughs> and they were flying over with helicopters and like, oh, are we... Are all I mean, in sh- Jerusalem. Yeah, or just shooting them with machine guns from the ground. I was like, do you know what, dudes? Them coming over that wall there, you're the military. Tanks would be excellent for taking that out, but... Yeah, no. but you'd also blow up your wall. No, I'm not shooting right at the wall. I'm just talking about, like, taking a tank outside there. And shooting the wall. No, and shooting the... <laughs> the there was hordes aside from the wall. There was no tanks. I was looking for tanks. I was like, okay, there's some air, there's some air um, fire, but they've got no... They've just got some dudes stood on the other side of the wall shooting. There's a lot of that. Well, where, also, like I said, it's only been a week. Yeah. We, we are not prepared. People well, are not prepared for this. So, um, yeah. So, Blu-ray extras, there are a, f- a couple. It's really disappointing crappy. in that respect as well. Super yeah. crappy. Um, it's the, the kind of extras where Brad Pitt is only mentioned. I mean, there's pictures of him and footage of him, but he never speaks. Here's what's weird. They've got the director talking, talking, video talking, and then... Whoever put it together cuts to a photograph of him and zooms into the yeah, photograph do, of the guy whose voice we're listening to. Mm-hmm. I was like, I do better slideshows for people's <laughs> graduation parties. What the fuck is going on? Who was making this extra? Yeah, and there's, no, there's, there's literally no there's no information. No interviews with Brad Pitt at all. None. Uh, and he's a producer as well as the star of the movie. Um, do you think he wasn't very proud of it, maybe? Possibly? I don't know what it was. It was odd, though. People talked... It was the usual, oh, Brad's such a lovely guy to work with. It's great being on the set with him. There was that, but there was no... I didn't hear that, but I know Yeah, that lady said it, who plays his wife. She said he he brings a lot of energy to the set. And then it just showed you a picture of him stood next to a car door, and it zoomed in on it while she was talking. (laughs) Yeah, a photograph on a Blu-ray extra. It's very weird. Yeah, so the extras are not the greatest thing ever. They're, um... uh, Really lame. Not really lame at all, no. They're, they're actually... The featurettes and then there's the making of, which is split into four parts. That's actually better, the making of, than the featurettes. Featurettes, like, um, they walk over each other. One tells you the same thing. I they, think they were all pretty lame. They got some experts. No, I, I actually didn't. I thought they were okay, like, um, better than usual. You said you were disappointed. I was disappointed that there was no, like, making of properly like like a, an hour documentary with everybody involved talking about this talking about the book more um the inspiration the inspiration as far as these extras were um the book was popular they were selling the rights to anybody who wanted it and we won an auction yep that was the inspiration we won the auction so we can make a boatload yeah. of money <laughs> that, that, i mean that was it like that's where you get that's where you get no passion for a project and I'm not saying Hollywood movies need to have passionate people behind them because they are just it's a it's a meat grinder for or it's a money making machine I get it but there are some movies that people want to make because they believe in that thing and in addition they're doing it to make money when you get a movie where someone like um Baz Luhrmann for example it's like he 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 lives the 
the time he's making his movies, he gets really into it. He's super creative. He loves to talk about it. It's like it's part of his life. It's not just going to make And you this can movie. feel Baz Luhrmann Abs- in the movie. Absolutely. And you can feel it when he's talking about it. Now, I'm not saying that he's like completely artsy-fartsy and says, you don't even have to pay me to make this movie. I don't mean that. I just mean when a movie has none of that, when you don't get any feedback from the people... Even, like, to the wonder, you don't get to see Malik, but the people talking about making it and, like... You can tell they really want to make it. Yeah, and there's an artistic experience going on here. It's an actual... Like, it's a creation of a piece of art to them, in a way, and it's a money-making thing. I get it. But in this one, I just felt like everybody said, oh, look what we got. World War Z. And look who we got. Brad Pitt. Rubbing their hands together. Like, that's a winner, isn't it, guys? Yeah, and we got nothing to say, and we got nothing but patch everybody together and get them a crew, and we'll, you know. And we sound, we just ragged on this movie for 40 (laughs) minutes. But I Um, did enjoy it, but I can't help it. It's It's got negatives. It's got eye candy to it. It's like, it... Yes, it's a in, it's a fun thing. It's fun if you like horror, and uh, but then I'll tell you what, it's like 2012. It's really horrible to yeah, me. Yeah, it's terrible. But when I rewatched it, just it was on TV one day. I had the cable TV on, <laughs> cable TV, like I'm old fashioned. You know that cable TV, and it was better to just sort of glance at it and be like, oh, I remember this part. Oh, that's really shitty. Or oh, I forgot that. That's not too bad. So I think in if I see this again in a different setting i'll be a little more relaxed you know what though 2012 has a sense of humor about it even though it's grim right it actually has that armageddon kind of yeah this is silly and we know it like this takes itself absolutely seriously so and that's good there's no joking it is good there's no joking but it also sucks something from it i'm not saying make it a jokey movie i'm saying 2012 works because of that it knows it's kind of a silly disaster movie. This is a serious disaster movie, yet it's not got enough... Like, 28 Days Later is a horror movie. And yeah. yet it has levity in the right places. It has... And good character development. The fun of the daughter and the father for glimmers of moments. It has little tiny jokes between them, but it doesn't have, like, the one-liner stupid shit, like, from Volcano... You know what I mean? Like from that movie. No. Or Dante's Peak or whatever, where it's like this horrible thing is happening. And yet Tommy Lee Jones is like standing with his foot up like a conquering hero and then makes some joke with the lady who survived. I mean, it's not. I don't want that. There's like a happy medium in there somewhere. So World War Z, it's a huge disappointment for me. I'm really upset about it. Cause, huge uh, disappointment. Yeah, because I really was thinking it was going to be... I'm zombie. I love zombies. Everybody loves zombies, it seems, at this moment in time. Oh, don't say that or I won't want to like them anymore. I mean, The Walking Dead's the biggest thing. You know, and The the Walking Dead's a TV show. And some of those episodes are way more suspenseful or thrilling than a a couple of hours of World War Z is. So that shows you something, really. Um, But yeah, what I'm saying is zombies is the thing at the moment. Is it still? I think it's faded. No, I think Walking Dead's still at its... I know, but Walking Dead's the only thing left. Well, we've had a lot. This You've had, like, this, you've had uh, Warm Bodies, you've had... They made a romantic comedy about a zombie called Warm Bodies. They... Romero made two zombie movies, which we watched recently, which were really not good. In the last year? In the last two years. Those two that we watched, Diary of the Dead, Survival mm, of the Dead. Yeah. Well, in the last few years. But, I mean, well, I mean, zombies came back. I think they still are back. 
Yeah, I don't think so, really. I think just in, you know. No, I think they are. Like I think vampires really, did. I think Walking Dead put them back in, like, people's, oh, zombies. like, And then everybody wanted to do zombies. Um, but, yeah, I think they'll fade back into... I think they're fading. Well, you know. We're at the, we're in a summer where we get a blockbuster movie of about zombies. Is it blockbuster? I don't. It was well. It's a movie done. that cost more yeah. than most mo- most movies to make, and and it made back all its money. No, right. So it's not a blockbuster. <laughs> I just blockbuster. call blockbuster movies movies that cost a lot of money to make, and they're those summer movies that people go and see. You know, the big summer movie, The Avengers, World War Z. Um, this cost as much as The Avengers did to make, but you know, I don't see it. Like I don't like the Avengers. I see. I understand. You watch it. You can see the the care taken and the money on the screen almost. Like oh, this costs a lot of money. It's special effects everywhere, right? This is a little bit, isn't it? But I don't see. Not it. really, because most of the money went to changing hands and, and paying new people, and yeah, and reshoots. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm a, I'm disappointed, unfortunately, and I thought I would be raving about this today, but. And you like it more than me, I think. I'm not terribly... I'm not horribly disappointed because I didn't have huge expectations. But I would like to, in a couple of months, just watch it again or see parts of it again and see if I like it better. So, uh, thanks to Paramount. But I did have a good time at the time because I like to think of a world where we have that sort of catastrophic, weird, human-on-human horribleness. Yeah, but if you... If, because of a virus. If you wanted something. that experience and you said to me, what should I see to get that? I, there's so many other things like that uh, will give you that experience better. So um, thanks to Paramount. And there's some contests you can enter on com. Go and enter them now. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Iron Man 3, that little known movie called Iron Man 3. Uh, the movie game, what is that? Movie year, which is, you say a movie, and I tell you what year it was made. And then we do it again, but the other way around. Okay, so on the theme of, like, dead and zombies and that kind of thing, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead. Ooh. If you're from Britain, it's called Brain Dead. If you're from anywhere else, it's called Dead Alive. Ooh. No, 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 that's a tough one. I'm going to say 1989. Pretty close, but not close enough. 1992. Oh, I wasn't very close. And I'm going to say the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Original Nightmare on Elm Street. 1982. Close, but not. 1984. Oh, really? <laughs> we both lose. <laughs> All right, so yeah, um, hopefully you did better than we did. So, um, movie recommendations for this week. You don't get anything for it, by the way. If you got them right, that's great. That's I- it. Yeah, exactly. I'm going for 28 Days Later, um, and the sequel, actually, 28 Weeks Later. Mm-hmm. They're both good. 28 Days Later is the better one for me. My chair's going to make a noise. But they... Um, oh, didn't. It's a really effective zombie movie. Um, but he says they aren't zombies. Right? No. Infected. Yeah. <laughs> and Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake, which I think is another really effective... And I'm not really one for remakes, but I think that's a... I the actually, beginning, what the beginning is the yeah. I actually, I actually like this better than the original Romero version because it obviously the Romero version's kind of it's not very scary anymore because because no. it, it's it's kind of hokey as well, isn't it? But this was scary. I mean, it was it was the 
zombie movie that takes place in a mall that is actually scary because it's more modern, right? So I, I really dig it. I like Zack Snyder. So they're they're mine for this week, and yours are. Is it blank? Yeah. Yeah, because I can't... I don't know. You have no zombie movies? Well, I don't always do that like you do. I don't go for the obvious stuff. Brad Pitt so I movie? I don't know. Um, I'm going to say, and I've recommended it before... Interview but the, with the Vampire? The most... Uh, no. The most hokey, I think, zombie kind of movie, but it's Return of the Living Dead, I believe. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, teenagers and the... paramedics. Yeah, and I'm telling you what. I'll tell you what. It's quite good. And it's crazy, and it's kind of like kind of shitty 80s vibe thing, but it's actually got some really funny stuff in it. That's where brains came from. Brains. Brains. Yes, and see, those zombies could think and talk and stuff. See, that was a good one. And no hope. (laughs) There was no hope, because in the end... I would also not a ruin it for you, but I'd also throw in Shaun of the Dead. I like Shaun of the Dead a lot. It's a so fantastic. I will say that one. Yeah, I did. I didn't think it was possible to mix a zombie movie with a comedy and it be actually good. But they did it just right because it's actually a gory, a gory zombie movie mixed with gory, humor. funny, sad, and tiring. Because it's tiring. <laughs> it's got Davy Jones in it, which I love. You know what? I heard that song on the radio. They. This is a connectional thing. Davy Jones. The monkeys. No. <laughs> Davy Jones is in Shaun of the Dead, but it's not Davy Jones. Not that Davy Jones. Um, well, Antle Deck. Yeah. That guy was his name. Anyway, he, in Love Actually, sings that song. If you love Christmas... Well, 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 song, yeah. I just never connected that that was a real song in real life oh yeah it's the most ever the the reason that song is in love actually is because anybody in britain who remembers that summer when it's called um love is all around yeah i had no until I. it was by wet 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 and it was played so much it was like it was so popular it was on like but to use a real song and a fictional guy who was in the band it was on two or three times an hour during that summer and everybody started to hate it 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 was was on on Sirius XM and I was like this is the song from Love Actually is it the song that's a real song yeah and then I was like no wonder in the movie he has a really hard time putting Christmas in there and he's like this is crap this is crap and I was like I was trying to sing it with Christmas it's better with Christmas actually and then he's like in the end he's like yeah dancing naked (laughs) so there you go that's my okay Love Actually Shaun of the Dead, and whatever the first one was I said. <laughs> Those are my recommendations. Right, so games and A-Scully stuff this week. I've been playing two games this week, actually. But... Let me guess. Right, the first one is Grand Theft Auto V. I mentioned it last week that it was coming out. And now it has come out, and I am, what, 20 hours in? I have no idea. I'm about 20 hours in. I... Right. I had to break it to you, but I'm not keeping track. As I've said on uh, Grand Theft Auto games, they're very special to me. Because they don't come around very often. What, four or five, every four or five years. And I do not rush through them. I uh, want to experience the whole thing. Like, when they say it'll take 100 hours to finish, it'll probably take me 200 hours. Because I dawdle about, I experience stuff. Um, so what do I think of Grand Theft Auto V? You've seen some of Grand Theft Auto V, I guess. Have you seen any of it? Did you see? Mm, enough to be annoyed after about five minutes of the, the dialogue. and the... You saw the beginning, the yeah. gangy part, yeah. Where 
I, I actually, if I'll say some negative. It's quite relentless. I'll say the negative part now. And um, the Hauser brothers wrote it again, the, the two main rock star guys. And they do the whole writing. And their writing's improved a lot, obviously, since GTA 3, when they started writing scripts for games. Because um, Red Dead Redemption's an, a fantastic script. But there again, it does fall into... They're very um, high school humour kind of... And they're not young guys anymore. You know, they're middle-aged guys. They're like the dudes who make South Park to me. Yeah, a bit like that. It's very... What what do you call that? That real immature humour, right? (laughs) That's being kind. So, there is a lot of that in this game. And if I had any problem, it would be some of the writing. And some of the characters, the way they've written them, are very typical what they do. Like, you know? Uh, But the first... It could turn a lot of people sour, I guess, because the first two hours of the game, you're playing as Franklin, who's like a street gang member kind of guy, who, you know, an African American from the hood, let's say. Stereotypical. And very stereotypical. Very, yeah, in and, a negative way. And he smokes weed, and he's, you know. The most negative caricature of an African American young man you can think and of. And it's very much like CJ from. Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. He's he's exactly the same character. It, they could have just in, they could it could have been CJ again. It's the same thing. And how I see it is like the Hauser brothers have only ever seen gangster rap movies. Never actually seen real life black people. <laughs> That's not fair to say. <laughs> no, I'm just saying this is how it feels when you when you hear one of their characters talking. It's like they saw Boys in the Hood, and they. That's their reference for the, those kind of characters. They haven't met real life people like that. They're just going off that reference. So when they write the characters, it's very derogatory, I think, and stereotypical. I understand what they're going for because they want, like, you to. They want the character to grow and you to understand that. So they start them off at this really low point, or. And then maybe you like them more later when they get out of that situation like CJ did. But the first opening two hours of this movie, uh, uh, game, <laughs> almost is a movie, um, there's so many N-word bombs and F-word bombs. MF. And I'm prone to say the F-word a lot. Yeah. And the, even the MF word, that but oh my goodness. Un- that it's actually unnecessary and I'm not a prude and I, you can swear all day to me and it doesn't bother me. <laughs> Unless you're me. Then you don't like it. Right. <laughs> but... There, there were some lines where it was like, you MFing, 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 MFing. And I've got the subtitles up. So the whole subtitles was like, wow, that's a lot of swear words in one line. You know, I can see three or four swear words just in one line. And it it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Now, it's relentless. Now, luckily, after about two hours, when you meet the second character, Michael, who's like more of a... I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd say it was the mafia... He's not a mafia dude, let me say that. But the crime, more like a Tony Soprano or Vice City's, you know, protagonist. And he's, I'm not saying he's classy, because he's a criminal. But he he doesn't behave in that way with people. But he's also very stereotypical. He's also very stereotypical. Of a Tony Soprano. He is. He's got goes to the shrink. He's having he, he can't he's, deal with his family, yeah. his son, his daughter. They're all running him ragged. It's like a poor me, poor me. I can't deal with my life anymore, kind of thing. He, so he's like, just as kind of yeah 
But I, I like him better. Um, and then you've got your third character. He's not. A, it's not as relentless. It's not like this constant. I mean, he swears a lot. Don't get me wrong. He yeah, but it doesn't feel as uh, like hateful. And he's and... horrible. Yes. I mean, he'll kill people. I mean, the, none of these people are. But the dialogue is better for Michael. I almost feel like they, because they're middle-aged men themselves, like they get like a middle-aged dude better. And then your third character, Trevor, who actually I'm finding might be the best video game character they've ever created. (laughs) Because he's just a lunatic. Like, I mean, an, an actual lunatic. There's no... He's like a redneck... Meth dealer. Is he redneck or hillbilly? Hillbilly, I would say more. I'd say so. He's like a hillbilly meth dealer. He's not an idiot. Not like a. I mean, he's he's a businessman. He knows what he's doing. He's selling crystal meth. He's killing people willy nilly. He's an absolute live wire, and you you understand this because Michael knew him in a past life, and when. In the, in the game, as far as I've got to, they haven't met each other. Not a metaphysical past life. You just mean in prior yeah, years. Yeah, in prior <laughs> engagements. So they haven't met each other in the game. I've not got as far as they meet in each other. But Michael is very worried about meeting him again. Because I think he realizes what... And, then, and now I'm playing as Trevor. And Trevor is... He's a, a sociopath, psychopath. He's ever all of those. So, like, when you first meet him, he, like, kills somebody almost immediately and then, like, jokes about it to the female who is grieving over the corpse. It's, like, nothing to him. Like, if you get in my way, that's what happens. I There's, there's an actual mechanic in the game where you can switch between characters. Now, when you switch to another character, it doesn't just drop you into that character. They're doing something because they go about their daily lives while you're not playing them. I've switched to Trevor twice now. The first time he was wearing a dress and he was in bed with a guy. And then he got up out of the bed and said, you can just leave whenever you want and left. And I was like, okay, that says something about Trevor. The next time I switched to Trevor, he was, well, I've actually switched to him three times. He was completely drunk and he was laying on a train track waiting for the train to come to see, like, I'll get up, but I'm going to leave it to the last minute, like getting kicks out of it. And the third time, he was on top of a mountain. There was a pile of, like, hikers that he killed around him in a circle. He only had his underpants on and a knife in his hand, and he was laughing, like, just laughing, looking in the air. So this guy is... As far as the story goes, I don't know if he's as crazy as these little cutscenes, but... Like, he's, he's unpredictable. He's actually the kind of character I've always wanted them to have in GTA because some of the things you do in GTA don't seem appropriate for, like, Michael, some of the stuff he's asked to do, the side missions. It doesn't seem right for that guy. This guy, anything seems right. Like, if it's, like, you know, an ambush 500 bikers and kill them all, I could buy that Trevor would do that. Whereas, like, Michael, I wouldn't buy it. Do you, so. like... Merlin. Is that his name? Marlon. Merlin. From Walking Dead. Merle. Merle. The handless guy. Yeah, I like him, actually. Yeah. But a bit 
Way more psychopathic, though. I think if you're around Merle enough. I don't know if Merle would wear a dress and be in bed with a man. And... Your voice is, that's not psychopathic. I'm not it's saying just... that's psychopathic. I'm saying it's totally... Everything I mean, about him is random. Unpredictable, yeah. Yeah, unpredictable. He's, in fact, the very first scene you see, he's actually having sex with a woman over the kitchen counter, and that's how it turns into... One of these bikers turns up and says, are you having sex with my woman? And he's like, yeah, so what? And then they get into this thing, and he just kills him, like... That's how much things mean to it. It's like completely insane. I don't know how that manifests itself in the story, but I can imagine it getting very complicated with him. But I think he's a fantastic character. Um, no, I mean, I mean, like to write a, a psycho. He's not a serial killer, but he's like a. He's the character I've always wanted in GTA because. A lot of the characters. Would you want they, your eighteen-year-old son to play it for hundred hours as him? If they see it with a sense of humor, maybe. That's not my question. What if they don't totally get it? An eighteen-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, 18 that'd be fine for an eighteen-year-old. Right. Because uh, you see worse in movies, right? Or if you're eighteen, you're not. I mean, the person in a movie. I said if you're eighteen. Yeah, but you're not the person. You don't get off on it. You don't right, get it 50 times in a row. Yeah, but it's... Like, I, I don't, know see, what me, you're I don't see me as Trevor. I, I'm, I'm a controlling Trevor, but I don't... Yeah, but you are. That, that's all... Yeah, but I think it's a fantastic character that they've wrote because it's very different to anything they've ever wrote before. They usually write very stereotypical dudes. And the other two dudes fall into that completely. This guy, I don't understand what he's going to do next. Which is difficult to write, I think. Nah. That's probably easier. No. Then it doesn't matter what the next thing you do is. But Michael, you have expectations. Once you've laid down who he is, then he has to sit inside that parameter. Same now, with the other guy. Now, the actual gameplay of the game is... Um, now, I've, all I've seen this week is people saying, oh, the graphics are terrible, the graphics are terrible. I don't know what people... I don't know what... Um, I'm going to wait for the PC version because this looks so bad. It doesn't look bad at all. Maybe either. it's because we have a nice big TV. <laughs> well, people good. say it looks terrible on a big TV. Mm. That's that's what I hear. Oh, it, what, play it on a big TV. It looks terrible. Like mm. I think it looks fine. It does. Now, we are talking about consoles that are eight years old. And, and I understand that it's not the most cutting-edge thing. But what Rockstar have done here is, like, amazing. It's like the map is humongous. I don't see any performance issues. In fact, it looks amazing. In fact, if you go back and look at Grand Theft Auto 4, it actually doesn't look anywhere near as good or play anywhere near as good on the consoles. It's kind of uh, got frame rate issues. I don't have those issues with this game, and this looks way better. Now, what Rockstar do best, and it's something I've noticed playing this game for 20 hours, is detail in the world. Like, some open-world games don't feel alive, um, Saints Row is one of them. There's not a lot of detail. There's cars driving about, there's some people. People say some stuff, cars drive about. In this game, the, the level of detail is insane. In fact, random things occur. I was Yesterday, I wanted to watch the sun go down. So I, I just parked up. It was raining in the game. And I sat in a parking space in a car park, looking at the sun. Now, the game doesn't know what I'm doing. I'm just making my own fun, right? So, I'm watching the sunset. Let me interrupt you, because that's not the first time you've sat and watched the sunset no. in this movie, in this game. So, I wanted to see it when it was you raining. Make, you make, like, a game of that. Right, so I'm sat there, and it's raining, 
And the de- these are the details I noticed. You can hear the drops of rain falling on the car like you're inside the car. Um, and then, and this is random. It may never happen to anybody else. It's just random. A woman comes up in a car next to me and there's another parking space. She starts doing the Austin Powers thing. She's trying to parallel park. She's going in, she's going out, she's going in, she's going out, she's going in, she's going... And it's... And I'm, like, watching the sunset and watching, and I'm like, wow, she can't park at all. Like, she just can't get into the space. She reverses all the way back out. She tries it again. She's like... "Eh, eh, 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 eh." She gets out of the car and she says, somebody's going to have to help me. I can't park. (laughs) Now, that's just some random thing that can occur. And she said those those lines... Um, and I was like, the detail for that little occurrence to happen, and that's not the only occurrence. Like, I was walking down the street, um, and a woman said, a guy has stolen my purse. And I see him running away. I chase him down, tackle him, get the purse. And I, I, and there's a decision you can make. Do you just keep the purse, or do you go and give it the lady back? So I was like, well, I'll go and give it her back, because I always kind of play the good guy. Like, so... And I got distracted on the road before taking it back to her. And I was looking at something. And then I was, oh, better go and take it back to her. I started walking down the street to take it back to her. She had the phone out, her phone. She pulled it out and she was phoning the police. And she was saying on the phone, a guy wrestled this guy down. He he got the money, but he never came back with the money. I walked towards her. I was like, oh, shit, she's phoned the police. I'm done. She said, hold on, he's here now. And she closed the phone and (laughs) took the money back. And I was like, whoa. They planned on that thing. Yeah, like, like they planned on every uh, occurrence. So I was like, it's like the extra mile. Like, you're in the car, you're driving as Michael, and his son sat in the, in the car next to him. You're driving along, the son changes the radio to something that the son likes, rap music. And I was like, Ugh, I hate rap music. Personally, I don't like rap music. I turned it to a station that I would like, and the son said, Dad, you're, why are you, 55 years old? This is shit. Like, I want to listen to rap. And he turns it back to rap. And I turn it back again, and Michael says, whoever owns the car gets the choice. Like, he just says that. And then they're driving along together, and the son pulls out a bottle of soda, and he says, do you want some, Dad? And you can see the animations. He's just, like, handing... And it's, it's not part of the story. It's not anything. It's just a... Right. And it's everywhere. People walking down the street, they're on the cell phones. You can just stand and listen to them talk. They're talking to the mum, they're talking to the boyfriend. I can't even imagine how many lines of dialogue are in there. Um, when it rains, everything changes, it looks different. You've seen it rain, did you? Um, mm-hmm. The thunderstorms happen occasionally. Um, there's little things, you bump into people and they give you like these little missions. There was this one where you was watching me play where... It was like this fitness instructor woman and she wanted you to race her down the beach. And It's just, there's so many things to do. It makes um, you want to play right now, doesn't it? It does, really, actually. But um, it's a fantastic game. When I said last week, if you get, you mostly don't get money, your money's worth out of games. You go and pay $60, you play four or five hours and then you're done. It's like a real expensive. Yeah, and then you're usually like, ah, why did I buy that? It wasn't. If you do like this type of game, you're going to get your money's worth here. And then Grand Theft Auto Online, they switched that on on October the 1st. And that's all free. And I've not even seen that yet. So, you know, hopefully I'll be finished by then so I can... But yeah, it's a fantastic game. I do have those few... I have to mention one thing just before I stop talking about it. 
There's a heist in this game. You'll never stop talking about it. There was a heist in GTA 4, and I love GTA 4 for that. I said to you, GTA 4 goes on and on and on and on, and then eventually there's this one heist, and it's a heist. I've never really played a heist in a game. Nobody really does it, apart from Sly Cooper. (laughs) And that's not really the same thing. So there's this heist in GTA 4, and it's the best mission in the entire game. It's called Four Leaf. Speaking of Sly Cooper. It's called Four Leaf Clover in GTA 4. It's a fantastic mission. It's a full-on heist. You escape, and there's helicopters, and you're being chased. It's a whole... It's like a movie. There's a heist in this game. I I think there's multiple heists in this game. I've only done one so far. But they went over and above. The mission before it is you preparing for the heist. So, say they're going to rob a jewellery store. The whole mission before is Michael going to the jewellery store, looking at it, taking photos of key points... In fact, he has one of, like, Google Glass. So he's inside the jewellery store. You have to kind of pretend you want to buy some jewellery, but you're actually taking photographs of the air ducts and the keypad. And So it's kind of, you've been to the jewellery store, you've took these photos, you've seen it all. And then when it comes to the actual heist, you're like, I'm completely familiar with this room. I've been in this room. I, it's not alien to me. I know what I'm doing. Like So then you're doing the heist, and then the heist... It's kind of like the Italian job, but on motorbikes instead of in mini- on minis when you escape. And it's this... They've got this music, and it's very similar to, like, Heat. If you've seen the movie Heat, they've got this, like, kind of Miami-ish kind of heist music, I call it. And it's playing over the top of the whole action. It's not on the radio. It's They've actually put music in there. It feels like the perfect... It, a friend of mine said, you're going to get to this mission, and... You're going to love it because it's like they made it for you. Yes, you love it. And I was playing it and I was like, if I... Rockstar just need to make a heist game. Like, it's all heist. Like, it, like they can do it. It's, it's fantastic. And nobody seems to make a game about heists. Well, now they are. And it is amazing. And there's more heists to come because the whole story is about this team getting together to do heists. So... I imagine it gets bigger and crazier because this one was just robbing a jewellery store. I imagine it will turn into banks and whatever. But it's really, really well done. So, <laughs> congratulations, Rockstar. I, I, so I'm, you're done. You're not going to play it anymore, right? Uh, I will be playing it until, <laughs> until, until I get every until single last thing. 100% completion. Uh, I always do the 100% completion on GTA games. I know. That's like everything. Every race. More every, than once. Yeah, everything. Gold medals on everything. I, I just get my money's worth. Um, and it also sold a bunch of copies. I think it sold like... I can't even remember the number anymore, but it's ridiculous. It sold more than the Avengers uh, movie made on its first opening weekend. So that means we get some more GTA, I guess. People like it. Uh, and the other game I played this week... Um, and this is Peter Molyneux's new game. There are other games... Yeah, Peter Molyneux made the uh, ga- a new game called Godus, which is the spiritual successor to his early god game called Populous. Now, this game isn't actually out yet. You, uh, he did a Kickstarter, so he's make he's got a company called Twenty Two Cans, and they're making this game called Godus. And if you want in on this game, if you go to Kickstarter or Steam, actually, because it's on Steam early access as well, you can pay twenty dollars. And you can play it now, but it's a 40% complete version of the game, which obviously is early on. 
But once you page your 20, you get all the updates and the final thing when it comes out. So you can kind of be in the beta test along the way. And if you follow Peter Molyneux's company on YouTube, he does a show every week where he takes input from people and they tell you what they're going to change and when the new build's coming out. So it's like following along with the development of the game. And you, if you don't like a certain thing, you can tell them and maybe they'll change. So it's a really interesting way of doing it. Now, the 40% build of the game that they give you, I did play maybe an hour of it. And then I said to myself, I don't think I really want to play it in this state because it's very bare bones. There's not really much to it. It's like, this is how it looks. And you can sculpt some of the landscapes and make it kind of look how you want. And there's a couple of gameplay elements, but every time you like try and do something, it's like, no, this hasn't been implemented yet. This oh, yeah. So I'm kind of like, I don't really want to invest anything into it until it's a bit more done. So when it gets to about 80%, I'll probably try it. But anyway, you, I, the reason I paid the $20 to be into it is because I want Peter Molyneux to make a game like this. Because he's been making games for the Xbox um, recently, like Fable. Well, not recently, for the last 10 years. And he hasn't really had any time to make this kind of game, PC game. It's also going to be on the tablets. If you pay your $20, you get all the versions. It's not like you're stuck with one. I think you'll like it. It's about being a god. And it's about making the place look how you want it. Sculpting land, sculpting islands, building houses. There's no combat. It's... Simply, you have to you have an area of influence of like like black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, you build some stuff. You, maybe you build a shrine and people start worshiping you, and then maybe you can build a little bit further. And it's all about like making it how, look how you want. But because the landscapes, it's like stacked up. Imagine like mm-hmm. pizza bread stacked on top of each other, like felt. But you can like pull a felt them world. out. Yeah, like a felt world. But you can say it's eight layers. You can pull each layer out in any shape you want it to be so you can craft it and you can make it a circle you can make it like a weird looking island and each layer is a different substance like from the the water all the way up to like a volcano you know so you can shape it it's kind of like black and white but without the creature without the combat you probably like it more because it's it's, no confrontation. No, it's it's a, it, you know the hour that I played of it, it's very peaceful. It's opposite to GTA. It's very peaceful and it's very there's something real serene about just just sculpting mm-hmm. it exactly how you like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. That's why I love Sims. And then your little ca- then your little characters who believe in you, they you know you pull the land in a certain way, and there's enough space for them to build a house. They come along and start building a house, and you can see them making the little house and sawing it, and right. eventually the house appears, and then when the house is got when the house is done the people move into the house and then the house starts giving you points when you click on it it gives you some stuff and the stuff you use to actually pull the land so you're feeding them and they're feeding you and you're creating so it's really interesting goddess it's called it's on steam it's 20 bucks but be warned it isn't finished yet um and that's it for me so sid talk what is for dinner oh it's been so long uh, since I put it on there, I think I'm just gonna make some veggie burgers and fries and vegetables. Oh, that's... and I will have some leftover pasta. And somebody did say to me, "That's what we always have." Yeah. <laughs> and why is that? Because I can ask you on any given day, we're going for supper, burger, peas, and fries, or Subway. 
Oh, lasagna. You said lasagna, and it sounds good, but sounds really good. It's a lot more effort than burger fry peas because everything in that involved in that either goes in the oven or in the microwave. Because <laughs> we don't eat meat burgers, we eat frozen veggie burger, frozen French fries, frozen peas. And well, um, yeah, this this segment's kind of null and void almost because we've been <laughs> we've been saying what's for dinner every single week. But on a Saturday, our routine is we go and watch a movie, which we just did. We do a podcast, and then we eat. And by the time it's eating time, you know, I don't know what time it is now. It's 8 o'clock at night. Right. We don't. You don't want to make a lasagna, like, from scratch. So... Yeah. We'll probably... But you never know. I might. Yeah, sometimes. But yes. most weeks, we will probably say we're eating the same thing. So, I'm so, saying... And maybe, my maybe, advice is... Maybe what? Maybe we should change it to, what was the best thing we had for dinner all week? Ah. That's a good one. Okay, we might. When we change the game, we'll Because the idea it. is, it's not a game. It was the idea was you make re- homemade recipes and then you could say them, but... How about, like, what's been on the menu this week would be good. It could be. Maybe it needs... Those almond cookies. Maybe it needs revamping. Those almond cookies I made. Those were awesome. I'll give you the recipe right now. About two-thirds of a cup of flour with a little bit extra. About a third of a cup... About, because I don't measure things very good. About a third of a cup of what I made was I took almonds, put them in the coffee grinder. Well, spice grinder. Ground it up to, like, a powder to make almond meal. Put about a third of a cup of that in there. One egg. Some vanilla. Teaspoon of baking soda. Teaspoon of salt. Fourth of a cup of brown sugar. Fourth of a cup of raw sugar, which I also ground up and made it really fine. Half a bag of chocolate chips. Mix it all together. Let it sit in the fridge overnight. Make it into balls. Dip the balls into some more of the almond powder. And then bake it. They were just like... Oh, it also had a third of a cup of Earth Balance. Which is vegan margarine. Don't forget the fat part. Oh my god, they were so good. They were so chewy and like almondy. And Yeah, because you got like... From the store cookies yesterday, and I was yeah. I was eating them, going, "These are not as good as what you make." Exactly. Thank you. I mean, they they were like slightly overcooked or something. I was like, they just don't taste as good as um, oh, the ones you make. So, thanks. Because you'd been making homemade cookies recently, yes. And then you bought some store bought store bought. Well, they're homemade, but from the store, right? <laughs> but I was like, wow, these are not just store not as made. Good. They, I mean, these taste greasier. A little bit. But they're fine. They have M and M's in them. But I mean, they're just fine, aren't they? Like the like you make them yourself. You make them taste how you want. It's a good idea. And then what else did I make this week? Just that pasta with the creamy sauce, which I always love. So. And your advice is? My advice is, and you're just gonna have to decipher this for yourselves because I don't want to explain it. But in life, be a broken mirror, not a perfect tennis racket. What is your interpretation of that? I have no idea. It sounds like something Trevor would say from GTA. <laughs> <laughs> I will explain it. I'll explain it. I'll let you decipher it, but I'll explain it. Then you can make up your own conclusion if you don't like mine. But I wrote a little thing today on Facebook because I read a few news stories. And the atrocities that are done, and I'm I'm not discounting the atrocities that are done to young boys and men, but I'm not a young boy or a man. I'm a woman. And when you read it, there's proportionately, hugely, percentage-wise, higher number of women and females on this planet who get treated like shit, bought, sold, raped, fucked, killed, erased, for no reason other than they were born a girl, so we can do whatever the hell we want to. Uh, so a little thing about the it. The film The Whistleblower. If yes. You watch yes. the film The Whistleblower. And or Taken. 
even though it's yeah. the, the whistleblower is more yeah. authentic, I think. But the same along the same lines, you're valueless except for men who want to fuck you. That's it, and it's it just boils my blood. It's a real little thing about that. And then I I always get annoyed when people say someone's a douche because I think. Are you a fucking idiot? Do you only say that? Like a tennis racket. Someone threw that at you. You heard it and you just, bing, you just shoot it back out in the world. You don't even think about it. I said, uh, calling someone a douche is like calling someone a bar of soap. It doesn't mean anything. Because a douche is for cleaning out your vagina. It doesn't get gross. It's nothing. It's medicated water. That's what a douche is. What it does is clean your body. What a bar of soap is, it cleans your body. You use a bar of soap to clean your butthole, probably. In some way, I mean, you don't use the bar of soap, but you use soap. So why don't you call everybody, soap. hey, you soap. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? Because you're being a tennis racket. You've heard somebody say it. Yuck, yuck, yuck. That's pretty funny. It has to do with girls' parts. <laughs> I'm going to ping it back into the world like a fucking tennis racket. Whereas a broken mirror... It takes a little bit of deeper looking, and yet you're still reflecting the world to a degree. If you hear something or see something that's shitty or good, you can kind of distort it a little bit, digest it your own self, reflect it back into the world in a little bit different way with your own take, with a little bit of a crack or a twist, you know, because we can't help but reflect the world. It is where we live. But to just constantly bing, 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 bing. Or if I like to say it, you also, some people digest what they hear and see and then they vomit it back out. Digest it, vomit, digest, vomit, digest, vomit, digest, vomit. It's like, ugh, you know? Just be a broken mirror, not a perfect tennis racket. And on that note, <laughs> on that bombshell, I want to remind you about our websites. Aschoolie.com, sitzo.com, catch us on Twitter, Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can also find it on Stitcher now. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk. She does not want your emails. <laughs> and stay classy. GTA, I think. Classy, it's really? really classy. No, it is not classy at all. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you.